Godfather, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You can act like a man! What's the matter with you? Okay, my little hip drivers, let's talk about seminars. So next seminar is going to be in Wichita Falls on September 11th through the 13th. Then we'll be over in Denver at Starting Strength Denver on October 16th through the 18th. And then back to Wichita Falls on December 11th through the 13th. If you ever thought about becoming a Starting Strength coach or you just want to get better at coaching the lifts, we do have a coaching development camp on the list. August 29th will be in Denver and that'll be how to coach the squat, going in-depth on how to go through the teaching progression as well as how to diagnose and correct movement. Then we have two squat and deadlift camps with space available, August 30th in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and then September 19th in Moodis, Connecticut at Anino Strength and Conditioning. Our next three lift camp on the list covering the squat, the press, and the deadlift will be on November 29th in Singapore at Hygieia Strength and Conditioning. And then we have one nutrition camp on the list that'll be September 12th in Chicago at Chicago Strength and Conditioning. All of our starting strength gyms are open and accepting new members. To find a location or to request a location or just get more information in general, you can head over to locations.startingstrengthgyms.com. And as always, for more details and registration information on any of the events that I covered, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back. To Starting Strength Radio. It's Friday. So, you know, fuck all you people. You think I'm here just for your, you know, I complete your schedule? And what would happen, for example, if we put this up on Thursday? What would you do then, huh? <laughs> See, people just assume so much. People are just. I, I hate people. More the, the more the low, the older I get to be, and the fuck the more I hate everybody. So y'all all go get fucked. All right, turn this off. Don't listen to another thing I have to say today. See and see this. Comment from, from the, the, the heaters, and you know. All right, we say that this is the bottom, what are we down to, bottom one-half of 1% on these things? There's a range from 0.5%. From 0.5% to 3%, yeah. maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> Depends on these your are, food. These are the people that just aren't yet. These are probably all those people that live across the street from the gym right over here that have somehow borrowed someone's cell phone and have somehow managed to learn how to oh, type. No, they, they still have their Obama cell phones. The Obama phone. You remember those? Yeah, I do. They're still working. All right. So. It's a nice shirt you got on. It is a nice shirt. You like this? That's a cool logo. Bottle Logic. Famous brewery in in uh, California. These guys, uh, one of the, the fans sent me a case of their beer recently. Uh, it's all real malty, real high gravity, like 13.5%. Yeah. I don't even know how to do it. So it's a barley wine. It, the whole thing's a bunch of barley wine. Some of it's better than others. 
had a real good one the other night, but light bulb with the, the but the the logo's great. cute, isn't it? It's great. great idea. It's a great idea. Great original idea for a logo. Reminds me of logical things. Logical stuff, you know, bottle logic. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. great beer though. Great beer. Uh, okay, so here's an example of a typical dumbass. All right, you ready? Patrick Bateman. This guy got out of breath just thinking about sprinting 400 meters. Then said, just do some squats twice a week. Wow. Because, of course, he doesn't get out of breath sprinting 400 meters. Because he is a human gazelle. Old Patrick. People actually paid for this wonderful insight into exercise science. <laughs> Training off the track to increase a runner's time is in reality very complex. This is why there's a bunch of explanation here. And, uh... <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, yes. Do people actually listen to Rip for any reason other than to see loony starting strength logic? There's that word again. There's that word again. That was debunked years ago. Debunked. Probably by Hillary's team, right? It was all debunked. Oh, it's all been debunked. That's all you have to do is wave your hand like this been debunked and it goes away the argument is no longer no longer even valid because you did it's been debunked <laughs> oh shit rip quit complaining last time i checked nobody's ever made a shoe out of an excuse I, I, apparently i answered a question Bree must have put up a little clip of Where's the starting strength lifting shoe? Oh. So Benito Estevez here thinks that I make shoes. <laughs> yeah, I'm a shoemaker, Benito. That's what I do. Oh, this is great. This is about the... Uh... Hold it. No, that doesn't make any sense. The, those two snowflakes just swinging on Rip's nuts, laughing at everything he says. Who, who are they talking about? Homos. Talking about who? Us homos. You two homos? Probably rusty. Swinging on what is y'all don't laugh at anything I say. What the? It, he's not talking about the Massonomics guys, is he? Oh, it could be. Yeah, it could yeah. be. Rusty laughs at your stuff though. R yeah. Very. Does he really? Yeah. Because it's his only shot to be famous. With his low T know. laugh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only chance you'll ever have to be noticed. So he laughs real loud. Like Ed McMahon used to laugh at Johnny. <laughs> he just gets so completely tickled he couldn't stop laughing at every fucking thing Johnny said. Oh, God. Yeah, that's Rusty. <laughs> oh, shit. Ripito is too dead set on a certain way. Nobody, no, buddy. Not everyone is built to low bar squat, to hinge at the hips. Right. 
Right. This is. These are some pretty low quality ass fucking comments here. Uh, not everyone is built to hinge at the hips. If you can't hinge at the hips, what do you think your bathroom looks like? You got a standing toilet? What would a standing toilet look like? I guess you'd have to kind of take your pants down around your ankles and then back into the thing, spread your ass cheeks around the ceramic while you're standing up because you can't hinge at the hips. Right. right? You need a hose. And then you gotta, you have to bidet yourself off like a fucking Frenchman. You know? I, I don't know. That's... Rip looks like he's been trying to shit out the same turd for 55 years. That's a good one. <laughs> you like that one better than the... You, we may have burned them all out. I, I guess we probably have. We need another vegging video. Another vegging video. That's probably a good idea. But vegans aren't very good haters yeah. because they're also passive and low T in Canada, California. You know, well, anyway, fuck. That is, <clears throat> got to do this correctly. <clears throat> Comments from, from, from the, the heaters. heaters. Okay. All right, I want to read you a little letter that came into the store just so you'll understand what we have to deal with here. Let me see if I can get this uh, in the correct order. A guy named Radoslav. Radoslav, uh, which must mean he's some kind of Slav, right? Of course. Right? Yugoslav, he's a Yugoslav or a Balto-Slav or something like that. He's This guy's interested in some details here. He said, I'm looking to purchase two shirts, starting strength, harder to kill, and Prexit shirts. What material are the shirts made from? Fine. All right. Although that information is listed on the website. Although, okay. the, but that's in the store. It says they're 100% cotton. Uh but he wants to hear it because he doesn't believe the website. Because you can say anything on the internet. That's true. Right? I mean, you hear sh shit on the internet, you know, yeah. all the time. You know, about how masks don't work. You can see that on the internet. So, obviously, you have to distrust anything you see on the internet. Uh, Bree answers, all our shirts are 100% cotton, with the exception of the Prexit shirt. It's a blend. Let me know if I can help with anything else. Thanks. Thanks, Bree Hillen. <laughs> That's Bree's first mistake that day. <laughs> uh, then he says, uh, for the Prexit shirt, what is the blend consist of? So Bree says, it's marbled with 15% polyester. Then he says, I don't usually buy clothing online, so that's why I'm being very specific. He says, okay, so the Prexit shirt is 15% polyester and 85% cotton. 
And are both shirts loose fit or tight fit? I usually don't buy clothing online, so that's why I'm being very specific. It gets worse. Okay. This is over the course of about eight days. This is how long did this drag out? It's still going on. Oh, we're still in communication. Possibly this will end it. So he starts on July 23rd. The shirt tag uh, says, this is her explaining this. The shirt tag says 100% cotton with 15% marbling of polyester. The shirts are loose fit. The brand of the t-shirt is Staple AS Color. Spelled in the British way, Color. If you want to look at their website for more information, let me know if you have any more questions. Bree, you're just a you're a glutton for punishment here, aren't you? This is a this is a twenty dollar t shirt. Right? What we make off of that? Eight or nine dollars? Eight bucks. We make eight bucks off the damn thing. All right. Oh. Uh, then he says, I went to the AS Color website. What is the number? Letters that correspond to the Prexit and harder-to-kill shirts. For example, at AS Color, a V-neck shirt is listed as 4010. Bevel V-neck T. I'm interested in the number for the two shirts. <laughs> oh, so Breed dutifully responds, I believe it's the 5001 for both shirts. And she's sure about this. Uh, okay. And then he says, all right. And I noticed that chest size is included with the sizes. Chest size is in inches. How do you guys measure chest size? Tape measure goes around the fullest part of chest and back under the armpits. I'm asking because a website said to add two inches after you measure so once I measure, and then he gives us the website here. Some random website. Some howstuffworks.com thing. Uh, it's a parenting website. <laughs> oh, it's a parenting website. It's a parenting website. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so once I measure, is that my final measurement, or do I add one two inches to the final measurement? <laughs> oh, God damn. Right, so then... Uh, then we escalate. Then so Nick comes this on. This is what you call escalate. Oh, this is what is referred to as escalation in the yeah. fulfillment business? Bree should have said, I, we'll have to escalate that to my supervisor. Right. Okay. Well, here's the escalation. Radoslav, the T-shirts we sell are not unusual in any way. If you own T-shirts currently, you can reasonably assume that the sizing of ours will be about the same as the ones you already own. Right? If you're between sizes, you may consider ordering a size up since all cotton will shrink a little bit. The male model in our pictures. Chase. <laughs> Chase. Wears an XL. Chase wears an XL? He does not. He wears a, he, he weighs 245. He likes to wear a 2XL, but they're too big. Really? Yeah. And at the time of that, those pictures, he wasn't 245. He was 230 or something. I, God, I wear a 2X because as 
the comments from the haters always observe, I'm nothing but a fat pile of shit. So if you're wearing a 2X, you're a fat pile of shit, according to the, you know, comments from the haters. All right. So, uh, male model in our pictures, which is Chase, is 245, 6'1". Female model, where's a small, she's 155, 5'5". Five, five. That would be Bree, right? Are you 5'5"? Nice. Oh, she's, yeah, she's every inch of 5'5". Five, five. She's a towering example of feminine hygiene. Feminine hygiene. <laughs> If you are in the USA and you receive a shirt that doesn't fit, you're welcome to send it back for an exchange, and we'll happily send you a different size. Now, that's not entirely true. We We will send you a a, a different size, but we're not going to be happy about you having fucked everything up with your original order. But, well, you know, dutifully, we will, you know. It is, this isn't possible for an inter- international order, but again, the shirts are common size and fit true to size. I don't know how more clear we can be. With all of this back and forth, I'm very concerned that you'll be satisfied with whatever we send you, no matter how many questions we answer. I, I think you should have said, I'm very concerned that you will be dissatisfied. I did say Nope. You said satisfied. Oh, you fucked this oh, up so bad. Oh, no, I meant to say not satisfied. Uh, yeah, no, no, you typoed. Shit. The deal. You, uh, there's going to be said, another. There's going to be another eight emails about this. Uh, I'm very concerned that you'll be dissatisfied with whatever we send you, no matter how many questions we answer. So your best bet would be to check your T-shirt size on ones you already have, and just wear those. <laughs> okay. Just wear those. <laughs> oh, God damn. Yeah, we'll never see the end of that. All right. Ronislaw will be a starting strength coach. In- Before it's all over with. Months, he'll be a starting strength coach. Before it's all over with, he may very well be a starting strength coach. He fits the mold. Mm-hmm. Neurotic weirdo. He's the neurotic weirdo type that make the best coaches. It's, you know, on the spectrum – you know, more than a little mildly fucking Asperger's, you know, obsessed with little bullshit details that in reality are completely meaningless to everyone except us, right? Okay. So let's dive into the actual questions part of this thing. Rip, now that Governor Abbott has ordered all us all to wear masks in any public establishment in Texas, how the heck do we train with something that covers our faces and restricts proper breathing? Do you know of any mask that works as a face covering in the legal sense, but for all intents and purposes, does absolutely nothing to restrict breathing? Well, as a matter of fact, I do. Let me demonstrate this for you. I'm wearing a cloth mask. A facial covering. A facial covering. It covers my nose and my mouth. And it's at least as effective as the one you're wearing now in terms of preventing the transmission of the deadly 
yet novel Corona 19 virus. Where do we, where do we obtain these, these masks? Where does one obtain these masks? Brian Jones. Brian Jones, lovely wife, Summer, manufactures these. And what do you want to do? You want to put that email address up on the on the? Does she have a website or something? I don't know. I don't know if she does or not. We'll ask her. We'll but she needs to get one if she doesn't. Yeah. Yep. Because uh, these are what we call "fuck you" masks. Yeah. They satisfy the statutes in place for a cloth mask. It just says a cloth mask. This is a cloth mask. And watch. Watch now. It has advantages over other masks of its time. So let's let's put uh let's put her uh, contact information on the screen. We'll have Ricky do that yeah. when he gets back, right? And order some masks. Hey, you don't know how long this shit is going on. You know, it could be another seven or eight years. Could be forever. Could be masks could go through. That might be an amendment to the Constitution before it's over with, you know. The 39th Amendment to the Constitution. So, uh. I think y'all need to be prepared. And there's no better way to be prepared than the way I prepare. It's pretty fashionable. Hey, it gets noticed. Yeah. Gets noticed, you know. Walk in the store with one of these on. More people will look at you than if you don't have a mask on at all. And you know what they'll all be thinking? Why didn't I think of that? That's what every one of them will be thinking to themselves. Why didn't I think of that? Okay. Next question. I'm going to number these for the convenience of the staff. Since the convenience of the staff is always my prime concern. Right? Rip. Would you rather make out with Queen Latifah for five minutes or make out with Halle Berry for five minutes, but Halle Berry has been dead for six hours? That's implying there's something wrong with Queen Latifah, right? I think that's the implication here. What's wrong with Queen Latifah? I don't have a problem with Queen Latifah. I think Halle Berry is overrated. Even alive, Halle Berry's overrated. She's all right. I mean, you know, she was in John Wick 3, wasn't she? She was. Pretty hot in John Wick 3. What the hell's wrong with Queen Latifah? You know, the older I get, the better I like big old women. Makes sense. I don't know why that's happened, but it, but it has. But really, uh, I don't know. Uh this is actually kind of a, a problematic question because it calls, it, it makes the assumption that Halle Berry is, is a finer specimen than Queen Latifah. And I don't know if that's, 
Is that sexism, racism, or misogyny? Well, problematic the, is the key word. Problematic. That's all you have to say, and then it's up it's, to, that's, it's up to the Oh, and then it's up to the it's listener to, to the decide. Listener to decide which, which version of problematic which, it is. Right. Well, it is. This is all right. This is a problematic question. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Now, this one is from Daniel Van Cleef, obviously the son of the late Lee Van Cleef, or possibly the grandson of the late Lee Van Cleef, famous actor from the 60s, 70s. Made several movies with Clint Eastwood. I think he was in the uh, Italian Western movies shot in Spain by Romanians or whatever. You know, th those movies were shot in Spain. By Italians. By Italians. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't they shoot them in Italy? There's no place in Italy that looks like the American Southwest. And Spain was available, I guess. But why wouldn't you just shoot them in the American Southwest? Because the Italians don't feel at home in the American Southwest. This has always been a, you know, I think it's a problem. But it's the problem of three previous generations, not us. Because we're perfectly at home in the American Southwest. And this is where we're going to fucking stay, too. As opposed to New York City. You know, I wonder if those guys that made Escape from New York knew they were making a documentary at the time. They had no idea. No idea. No idea. They couldn't have anticipated what these people have done to themselves. <laughs> okay. So, says here, uh, I'm a 36-year-old, 70-kilo guy, definitely the grandson, right, yeah. Yeah. with patellofemoral pain syndrome, PPS, in both knees. He's had it since he's 19. Got it by doing stupid things like running, riding, bike. Uh, severely overworked knees. Blame it on ignorance at the time. Standing up. Knees hurt. Constant pain medication for years. Orthopedic surgeon performed an arthroscopy to examine my left knee. He found nothing and therefore gave the diagnosis PPS. They... They actually went in the guy's knee to see what was wrong without knowing what was wrong before they invaded the joint capsule. And then decided, well, fuck, I don't know what it is. Close him up, send him home. When, that's what happens when you have two months of send him no the, elective surgeries. Send him the bill. Make money. Uh, I don't know when the surgery was performed. Uh it doesn't say that. It doesn't say if this is a recent, recent. procedure or not. Uh, just says that uh, he didn't find anything. Told him it was PPS, patellofemoral pain syndrome. And it was supposed to go away by itself in time. Fifteen years later, so it was ancient surgery. The pain was still there and had subsided one bit. Meanwhile... The legs had become chicken legs. I found a PT who supposedly had experience with PPS, and he taught me to do various dumb shit with BOSU balls, agility ladders, aqua bags. You know why he told you to do that? Because that's all he knows how to do, and that's what he does with everybody that comes in the office, not just you, because that's the entirety of his training skill, right? 
leg extensions. Had him doing leg extensions. Just fucked his knees up even more. Then high bar squats and various unilateral leg exercises at home. In other words, our friend Daniel Van Cleef has done everything you can possibly do to fuck your knees up. Right? And then, at this moment, I've been doing the Starting Strength Novice Program for five weeks. Now the pain in my knees is reduced by 75% most of the time, he says. Sometimes they hurt like they used to right after training. But the day after, pain's almost gone. So this seems to work. His 5RM low bar squats, 85 kilos at the moment, and they don't hurt my knees, unlike high bar squats when I'm at the bottom. I'm also off of pain medication. He wants to thank me. All right, well, cool, Daniel. Who is that smartass in the comments from the haters that said everything I knew was bullshit about the what was Oh, that? I don't remember his name. I don't remember his name and you know what? No one else does either. <laughs> okay, now though so we appreciate that, Daniel. Good luck with your training but you're still probably too vertical. Back's probably too vertical. Sit back more. Bend over more. Look at the floor. Make it all about your hips, not your knees. Just do it, okay? Do what I'm telling you, all right? Do it my way, it'll work. Okay, now, here's one. Patrick Bateman is your guy. Patrick Bateman is the genius that thinks he knows more than I do about this. Yeah. Listen, guy, stop the guru act. Stop the guru act, Patrick says. Okay, Patrick. All right, Patrick, whatever you say. <laughs> Where's my mask? I'm going to put my mask. <laughs> okay. Is red meat really as bad as they say? If not, why is there so much bullshit on it out there? Well, you know, red meat is every bit as bad as they say. And this is how you know. We've been eating red meat for 200,000 years. Right? The first organized human activity was hunting. It wasn't tofu manufacture. It was hunting. And I want you to want you to just think about this one detail. Every one of those people are dead. What else do you need to know? Dear Rip, you may not remember me from 15 years ago, but I had the huge privilege of being personally trained by absolute legends such as yourself for several years. I can tell you, can't tell you how much I missed WFAC after moving to Arizona. This is from our friend Robert McGuire. I remember Robert. Hope you're doing well, Robert. Uh, Robert trained with us about 15 years ago, and uh, was a good kid. I remember when he moved to Arizona, and he wasn't around anymore, and I'd just as soon he'd stayed. He was a, one of those guys that you like having around, right? Uh, let's see. I like to find – have yet to find anything like it out here that isn't CrossFit. Well, uh, I, I want you to, to look up uh, Robert Santana's place uh, in Phoenix. Robert's a good guy. He's one of our coaches. He's a nutritionist. He's got a black iron gym. 
and I think you'll recognize several aspects of it. Roberts Gym's on South 35th Street in uh, in Phoenix proper, and it's close to the airport. And Robert, go over there, and uh, you two Roberts uh, probably get along real well. Tell him I sent you. Uh, so, question. Uh, regarding my wife and brother-in-law, who are both tough, strong, and full of potential. They've been training within the last couple of years to squat at their affiliated gyms, but both have struggled with proper form, and I think it is limiting their ability to improve. I've tried my best to instruct them using your resources, but I must admit I'm not the best teacher and appear to only be increasing their frustration. You need to see Patrick Bateman. He's obviously the expert here. Now, don't. all right. The problem is not being able to drop. The problem they're both having is not being able to drop their hips to or below parallel without falling over backwards, coming up off the heels and onto their toes, or leaning their chest way down and forward over the toes, which is artificial depth anyway, as the hips don't follow. I tried. Different stance widths made sure the knees were pushed out over the feet, even tried the verbal cues. But the result is the same. They're convinced it's a genetic predisposition or infallible lack of flexibility. Uh, that's probably not the right word, infallible. I can. What can I do to help them find the proper squat position at the bottom, get them lifting heavy weights? All right, Robert, here's the deal. If you'll remember... Uh, I taught you to squat by shoving your ass up out of the bottom. You have to get into a position that you can shove your ass up out of the bottom with the bar over the middle of the foot. Now, if they're falling over backwards, this means that the center of mass of the lifter barbell system is behind the middle of the foot. And that means that they have to lean over more. All right, it's a back angle issue. Now, if you've got it, it in their position that you're saying that's that's not that's artificially deep, they're bending their back, they're rounding their back into flexion in order to get their chest down. The back has to stay in extension, but it has to be in extension at sufficiently horizontal an angle that the hips are driving the movement and not the knees. A vertical back throws the work onto the knees. A more horizontal back throws the work onto the hips, and we want the hips working because they're bigger muscles. So we have to get a hip-dominant squat. So sometimes it's very important to get a person into a position where they can work on their balance while not falling down. So what I have used in the past is a uh, is a – a, a very uh, it, you just need to usually do this once and it is a position that I use to hold a person in position so they don't fall down while they're learning to find the balance so I'll stand right behind them and I'll put my shin essentially my knee right at about oh probably three inches behind their heels and then I'll have them squat down and let them lean back into my leg, into my blocked position there, as they figure out how to get into an extended back position with a horizontal back angle. 
And it may take a couple of minutes for them to get down in the bottom and, and, and get comfortable with shoving their knees out, lifting the chest, but keeping the back angle more vertical. And if you'll, if you'll provide this position for them to experiment with how, what to move, how to move their chest, all this other stuff, without falling down, then have them squat back up. Once you're satisfied with that bottom position, have them squat back up, driving the hips first. Have them squat back down, block them again. Don't take as long this time. And by the third or fourth time they squat down, they ought to be able to stay in balance in this position. So give some version of that a try. And I think you'll find that that helps quite a bit. Okay. Good to hear from you, Robert. Okay. Uh, let's see. Greetings, Mr. Ripito. Thank you. You know, I hear about the B-52 episode quite a bit with Dave, Scott Davison. Everybody love that podcast. Yeah. I've had more positive comments about that than, than the vast majority of these ones we've done. It's just that kind of stuff that's interesting to people. You know, uh, he liked the beef industry too. Uh, he's read Starting Strength, Barbell Prescription, finally begun the program on, on his own back in January. Uh, COVID murdered his training plans, planning to build a home gym uh, that he's going to use for the rest of his life. Uh, you know, just as a as a, a side observation, uh, this thing um, that we're going through right now here in the summer of 2020 has profoundly changed lots and lots of industries. Uh, people don't understand it yet. People don't understand how profoundly this has changed lots and lots of industries. If these idiots continue with their mask mandates, and these draconian state orders, which are not, in fact, laws, but people are just obedient, you know. People just do them anyway. The bar industry's gone. The restaurant industry's profoundly affected. And the fitness industry has, uh, it's been gutted. It's been, it's been so thoroughly gutted. It's impossible to understate the effects of... Uh, closing down an entire industry for six months, especially an industry that so many people in the country were participating in. They're going to do something else, and, and uh, what they're going to do is move their training into their home. Uh, if you find a publicly traded company that makes plates, invest in them. If you... Uh, uh, whatever you need to do to get away from a big giant corporate 40,000 square foot gym model, that's what you need to do. Uh, because those things are gone. New York state has not even announced when they're going to allow their gyms to open, not a gym open in New York state legally, There's not a single gym in the whole state of New York that's open. And uh, 
everybody is is doing the same thing Kevin's doing here. He's going to move all of his training into his home gym, and he's going to stay there because you can't close down his home gym. Well, not yet, anyway. Uh, he wants to know if it's possible to simply maintain his strength at a certain level. He's 62. Uh, he remembers bullshit from grade school about maintaining muscle tone. Uh, so just the question is, he's not in a situation where he uh, is going to ever become more than an intermediate lifter. He's just in, you know, he wants to train. He's staving off death. Staving off death is what I train for. I don't even like it anymore. <laughs> be real honest with you. It took me about two and a half hours to squat last night because I just dread it. I have to, everything hurts. And it just took me a while to convince myself to train. And, you know, a lot of old guys are like this. Some don't have as much trouble with pain uh, as others do. Some are, you know, if you had only been training a couple of years, you probably train pretty much like I did up to the past four or five years. But, uh, I mean, you got to train. There's, it's not an option. You know, you can't, if you haven't trained as long as I have, you just, I'm not going to quit training. You know, it's, it's more of a part of my job now than it is something I enjoy doing, but I, actually do it and i don't come in every week and try to set prs because i can't and I, what i do is i organize my training into little short cycles and you know i'll i'll do an exercise i'll do rack pulls for a while i might pull off the floor i might row squat and i'll use little variations from week to week to keep the things interesting change things up Try to go heavy once a month, you know. So that's that's how I've approached it. But uh, Kevin's question is 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 it's similar to that. He's he wants to know what to do if he's just going to basically be on a maintenance program in his sixties. And I think you probably uh, will do it in a in a way similar to what I've done. I think you will. Uh, come in on a monthly basis and if you're feeling good you know go up 10 pounds and try for a local pr your prs will be like on a yearly basis instead of every workout every week something like that you know you'll be doing something a little bit more than you did last month you know and work up to one one day you'll show up and everything feels good and you want to go for it Go up a little bit. Do a little bit of heavier stuff. But pretty much, guys like me that are just training to stave off death are going to come in and handle a weight every week that they can handle. It may be the same as last week. You may be repeating the same numbers uh, a lot of the times. But if you do exactly the same thing every week, that's just going to hasten the process of you not wanting to do this anymore. you got to have more fun with your training than that. you got to make it more interesting. So there's got to be some variation. Uh, what you want to not do is 
at the age of 62, Kevin, is you don't want to get the idea in your head that, that you need to do more sets, that you need to do more sets and reps. That's the absolutely the worst thing you can possibly do. Don't do more sets and reps. Go up, hit a heavy triple and stop. Hit a heavy set of five and stop. You can handle more reps on your presses and benches than you can on your squats and pulls. But if you start chasing a bunch of volume, you're not going to be training long. You're going to have everything's going to be inflamed and you're not going to get recovered. Uh, what's important at our age is to handle the heaviest weights you can with the lowest effective number of reps, threes, fives, that sort of thing. But don't do three sets of 10 barbell curls. Don't do a whole bunch of chins. Don't do five sets of five of anything. And uh, that gets the job done of, uh, of maintenance, so to speak. But if you come in every week and do exactly the same thing, you won't do it long. You, you just won't be able to tolerate that lack of lack of variety so you have to keep it interesting but don't kill yourself at our age a bunch of sets and reps is the enemy don't do it okay dear mark thank you and your team putting together wonderful entertaining for you podcast three questions have you trained anyone with ehlers-danlos syndrome or general hypermobility it's characterized by overly flexible joints and loose connective tissue um, yeah, I've, I've, I've trained people like that. Um, uh, their problem is they're going to want to go too deep on the squat. So you've got to construct what is, what would essentially be a floor for them to squat to. They have to learn to get tight where you and I would get tight just below parallel. They can go six inches below and not feel any different because everything's just loose on them. The, uh, uh, as I understand it, a more profound problem with, with people with connective tissue disorders like that is that uh, they uh, generally display a higher level of aneurysm pathology than other populations. I'd be concerned about that if it was me. Um, looking through... Uh, question two, I'm looking for a bar through Craigslist. Saw Texas Power Bar squat bar for sale. It has a 31 and a half inch diameter. Now, I'm not familiar with this bar. That may be the 55 pound bar uh, that they uh, use for big giant squats in the recreational federations. Uh, it's, it's called a Texas Power Bar squat bar. So it'd be a caps bar at 31 and a half millimeter. Now this is not one of these cheap junky ass uh, 32 millimeter bars that's made out of pot metal that will bend, you know, at 135. This is a heavy bar for a contest power lifter that's, you know, doing quarter squats with 950, that sort of thing. The problem with that bar is the diameter. Uh, you can squat with it just fine, but 31 and a half millimeters is, is a fat bar to hang on to for your pulls. 
It's got it, a it's, it, it's got a bigger uh, dimension between. Yeah, the it's going to be an eight foot bar yeah. probably. Ninety six and a half inch. Right. Uh, Thirty two inch hand space rings. It's it's designed to be used for quarter squats in the recreational federations with nine hundred pounds. So it's fifty five pound bar, right? That's what I thought he was talking about. This bar is not useful for much of anything, as far as I can tell. You can't pull with it. You don't want to press with it. You don't want to bench with it. Uh, if you get it cheap, you got the money. Uh, just I, why not? But it, you're not going to like it. You're not going to be able to use it for anything other than squats. And you just why don't you just break down and buy a bar? Well, maybe because you can't find one right now. I understand that. So if if you're in that situation, then get it, train with it to the best of your ability, and then when the barbell market gets back to normal, uh, perhaps you can uh, find a you know starting strength bar and uh, it caps welding whenever he gets them back in stock. And uh, buy one of those. But if, if it's your only choice, go ahead and buy it. I don't know what else to tell you to do. Hi, Rip. I was wondering the best way to bulk up without eating dairy. Also, I'm doing. I'm going into the Fire Academy soon. We'll be doing novice. We'll doing the novice linear progression ruin my performance. I'm 25 and I've never lifted weights. So. You really want to know whether taking your squat from nothing, maybe 115 for five to 315 for five is going to ruin your performance? I'm curious as to why you would have that impression. Now, where would a kid get the idea that getting marginally stronger would uh, would ruin his performance? Who told him that? People who know, he knows who are firefighters. Guys Patrick gym, Bateman. Patrick Bateman. Patrick Bateman. Uh, it's, just, it's just so strange that, you know. It's the common fallacy I, that Weightlifting, lifting weights does not look like firefighting. Right. And what does firefighting look like? Whatever this kid thinks. Running upstairs right. with a heavy hose, dragging people out of a building. Right. Bar the application of force, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't know, man. Uh, uh, I don't know where you got this idea. Uh, I was running six-minute miles when I was squatting 600, and, you know, I didn't have any. I you know didn't know any better. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be able to run six minute miles when I was squatting six hundred. Uh, you know I'm not a genetic freak by any stretch of the I'm as average a human being physically as you can have. And uh, I did that. Uh, why don't you just stop making excuses for not doing uh, the novice barbell progression and uh, you know become a you know grown up man uh here's uh steve wants to know 
He's 59 years old. He's been trying unsuccessfully to front rack. And I can't recall if I've ever been able to properly front rack with my arms in correct position, even when I was younger. Uh, And by that, I'm assuming he's talking about the position that we rack a clean in, right? With elbows up, uh, shoulders in flexion, barbell sitting on the front delts. Right. Uh, my uh, problem is when I get in proper position, my arms are parallel, parallel to the ground. My wrists are even with the center of my neck. Uh, my shoulder to elbow hinge measures 10 and a half inches, and my elbow to wrist measures 12. And that's not particularly weird. There, uh, you're, yeah, this is a. See, shoulder uh, overarching my neck back, roll my shoulders fully forward. I still can't get the barbell off my throat without it choking outside of my wrist. My flexibility is good, but I can't get my arms far enough forward to get my wrists away from my neck. Not one word about grip width in this whole discussion. Not one word about grip width. You manipulate the length of your forearms by taking a wider grip. Now, that is in the book, isn't it? I don't think I left that out of the book. I mean, it's relatively important. I wouldn't have done that, I don't think. I think you need to read the book again, or maybe for the first time, and then let's talk. Here is Rain Baljack. Baljack, Rain Baljack. Rhina Baljack barbell coach and yoga teacher based in Southeast Asia, but originally from Australia. Uh, yeah, I've seen her online. She follows us online. Uh, with all of this COVID-19 calamity, well, I wouldn't call it a calamity. I have another word for it. Would starting strength ever consider offering their seminars online? Uh, Ryan, let me explain what happens at the seminar. And uh, I, uh, I, I've explained this before, but it bears repeating. Our seminars are not just the presentation of the material. If all it was was a presentation of the material, then watching the videos, reading the books, reading the posts on the board, reading everything on the forums would make the the seminar completely unnecessary the reason you come to the seminar is for the interaction now at the seminar you have the opportunity to interact in the lectures and under the bar in the platform we we show you how to squat we squat with you for two and a half hours you'll squat with us and receive coaching on the squat right there in real time you do a rep we fix it. You do another rep. We fix it again. This is the kind of thing you, you pay to come to the seminar to do. If none of that was actually necessary, then the, the products that we sell that are not the seminar would make the seminar unnecessary. And everyone that's been to the seminar will tell you the same thing, that the primary value of being at the seminar is the interaction with the staff and myself and with the other people 
training on the platform with you at the same time. It's a completely different kind of experience that we cannot give you online. It's not the same thing. All right? It's uh, – I, I know you're overseas, and it's an expensive plane ticket. But if you really want to learn this stuff, you've got to come to the seminar. And uh, – to answer the next question you'll have, no, we're not planning on doing a seminar overseas. Not now, hell, I'm not flying to New York again. <laughs> uh, we are moving most of our seminars back to Wichita Falls. And the reason we're doing that is because I don't like to fly. But much more importantly, Wichita Falls Athletic Club is the best facility in the world for this type of a seminar. It's, it's an 8,000 square foot gym with the best equipment, the most amount of room, and uh, we've got everything you need right here. And it's, we, we've got to, you know, even recently, we've ended up in remote locations for this seminar and things didn't go like we wanted them to go because the equipment and the space was not adequate for our for our for our needs most of the seminars from now on will be in wichita falls so you people are going to have to get used to the idea of coming here all right the lodging is cheap you fly to dfw it's an hour and 40 minute drive from the airport to wichita falls and once you're here you got everything you need um i think that uh the seminars we do here in Wichita Falls, are, uh, it, it, it so thoroughly removes equipment considerations from the running of the seminar that it's uh, – I, I, we're just not really going to travel much anymore. So get used to the idea that Wichita Falls is your destination. And I promise you, you will not want your money back. You will have the best educational experience that you've ever had in the fitness industry at a starting strength seminar in Wichita Falls, Texas. Here's a question about Chase. Now, there's a, there's a picture. Is this a picture of his training log on here? Have you seen it? I was looking at Chase's logs. How come his bench press is so close to his overhead press weight? I do more than Chase on the bench press, but only max out at about 225. You think he means he only presses 225? Yeah, probably. What's up with that? Well, I'll tell you what's up with that is that Chase primarily trains the press. That's his primary lift. The bench press is an assistance exercise for Chase, and that's how he prioritizes his training. He may be the strongest presser at his body weight in the country right now. I don't know anybody that's handling 370 overhead at a body weight of 245. You heard of any such thing? I don't know what is Klokov press. I, I have no idea. I don't know what he's pressing now. Yeah. Uh, that was about his body weight, but I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's up it, there. He's top five. If if, if if there's other guys doing that, there may be some there. Olympic lifters in Russia that are yeah. intelligent enough to understand that their overhead press strength directly contributes to their jerk. Uh, most Olympic lifters have convinced themselves that it's not necessary. But uh, I'd say he's, yeah, he's probably top five, if not, 
you know, in this country, certainly. Uh, I mean, a, a guy doing a three four a three seventy press at a at a two forty five body weight. There isn't many of those people, yeah. you know. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, if you know of somebody, <clears throat> if you know of somebody that, that that's that strong, let us know. I want to. I'll talk to him. I want to get him on the podcast here because. That's unusual in 2020. There just isn't anybody around like that. Now, there were back, you know, 60 years ago at York Barbell, there were, you know, back then, body weight press was just what you started with. You know, and a 350 press, they all did that. You know, I think Star did 350 at, uh, at 220. You know, it was, in the, it was at least in the 300s. He was, but that was just what it was expected of you. And those guys pressed four days a week. That's the key to the press, I'm telling you, is, is you got to press a lot. And one of the reasons for that is is the press of the four lifts, the four what we call strength lifts, the press is the most dependent on technique. By far, it's the most dependent on technique. And as a result, it must be practiced. If the press gets out of line, you will miss it. And in order to keep it in line, you have got to do so many reps that the groove of the press just gets embedded in your movement pattern and you just don't fuck it up. And it needs to be practiced heavy. It's got to be a light press is people, not practice for a heavy press. People go to eights. People yeah. do eights to try to get their press up, and their press goes backwards. Yes. Eights on the press is not practice for a single press. Yep. It's not. It's not the same thing. This is what. This is another thing that Olympic weightlifters don't seem to understand. Snatches at eighty percent are not practice for snatches at ninety-eight percent. It's a different movement pattern. It's a different mechanical relationship between the lifter's body weight and the weight on the bar. The thing is, that it's a different piece of mechanics. You saying that is what has me has had me programming all my all my people I program for do singles. Yeah, eight to ten singles. I'm telling you, and it, it works it, great. It, singles across for the press has got to be a part of your weekly training for the press. If your emphasis is the press. You've got to get good at pressing heavy singles, and you've just got to do them all the time. You get a partial, a pin exercise uh, for an overload movement. You get fives just for basic volume, and then you get singles across. And then your other day might be some kind of timed work, again, for low reps, doubles and triples, like a double heavy press every two minutes, something like that. There's a, you know, unlimited number of ways to do it, but none of it involves tens. None of it involves eights. Fives is the highest number of press reps you ought to ever do because if you want a strong press, anything more than a five does not contribute to it. And, uh, I mean, Chase, hell, we raised him. Chase has never done more than five. He's never done a set of six. And his uh, last I talked to him, his uh, his press started going up again after going to singles. Lots mm-hmm. of singles, lots of triples, lots of doubles. singles. I'm telling you, the, the people don't un- the people have no appreciation for how technical a movement skill 
the press is. It's extremely sensitive to the distance between the barbell and the shoulder joint. And if you can't keep it in the groove, then you can't lock it out. And if and the only way to get good at that is to take a heavy weight and press it and do it a lot. So, uh, one of the reasons you know that is because the, uh, when, you, when you watch these meets, everybody's failing their third attempt because they've never done it in the gym before yeah. or they've never done something close to it in it's, the gym before. It's you're like an Olympic hit, lift. You're not going to hit a PR, a five-pound PR at a meet. Nope. It's not like a deadlift. You're not going to do it. It's not like a deadlift yeah. at all. You can't just bull through the damn thing. Uh, if you if thing comes off your shoulders and it goes to the wrong place, it's done. That's all there is to it. And uh, the press is quite a bit like the snatch and the clean and jerk in that respect. Very few people make PRs in, in those lifts at a meet because of the practice component that is required for a movement that is that technical. And if you want to read more about my thoughts on that, there are several articles about practice versus training on the website. I would refer you to those. Okay, uh, Jim from Australia said, listen to your podcast yesterday. You mentioned you're not into spectator sports. Normally, neither am I. And with respect, gridiron is just too slow and soccer is just too low scoring. Do yourself a favor and check out tonight's game of Australian Rules football between Geelong and the West Coast Eagles. 36 big, strong men none of which actually know how to train, using their bodies and skills in a fast-paced, continuous contest over four quarters, running, tackling, flying high, kicking, and hand-passing the ball on a large, oval-shaped field in anyone's game until it ends. God damn, that sounds exciting. <laughs> no, Jim, it's just a fucking game. I don't care anything about it. I wish I could get excited, but I just can't get excited about watching other people play sports. I mean, if they can't get excited about training correctly, I can't get excited about spectating. Okay. Hey, Rip, I've been suffering from insomnia for six years now and have been training for about four years. This young man is 24. He gets three to four hours of sleep daily and five hours on a good day. I've known people that could get by on three, four hours of sleep. I've known people that could get by on two hours of sleep. You know, in college, got a big thing going on. There's just not enough time. Take a long nap and uh, uh, somehow manage to not hospitalize themselves. Uh, it says, I recently found out about you and your gold mine of information regarding strength training, I've become obsessed. Question is, if I were to hop on the program, would I have to be on a bastardized version of it, or do the program as intended? I'm still pretty young, so I could probably get away with my poor sleep for now, but I wanted to get your thoughts. My thoughts are, Freddie, that maybe you start training and wear yourself out a little bit. Maybe you'll start sleeping better. That ought to be something you give some thought to. Okay. Okay. Thank you for writing the book and all that you do. You've changed my life. So satisfying. Hear that. Who's that fucker? 
Patrick Bateman? How many lives has Patrick Bateman changed? <laughs> he probably makes his spouse or husband miserable every day. <laughs> yeah, he's caused more he's people negative. to commit suicide than I have, obviously. What a piece of shit. All right. Thank you for writing the book and all that you do. I'm early, intermediate lifter, 235, 53 years old. All my lifts are moving quickly again after getting back from the mandatory COVID break where the bastards closed my gym except for my bench press. wonder why they didn't close his bench press. Maybe I read the sentence wrong. I've started adding two sets of AMRAP push-ups. Now, that's a CrossFit word that means as many reps as possible. AMRAP push-ups to the end of my workouts to give me some extra chest and tricep work volume. They make me tired and give me a great pump in my arms, but I'm curious if you think they are adding to my pressing strength or if I'm just exercising. Okay, Tom, listen. What is strength? What is strength? Strength is a production of force against an external resistance. How do you incrementally increase strength? You add weight to the barbell. Add weight to the movement pattern. That's what the barbell is for. It allows you to add weight to a movement pattern. Right? Now, think with me here. Uh, if you add another couple of reps every workout to your push-ups and you get your push-ups up to 30, 35, 40 push-ups, how much force production capacity have you added? I'll give you this to think about. If you want to get your, you want to get your push-up numbers up, Make the push-up movement pattern so strong that you can do it a whole lot more times. And how do you do that? You get your bench up. Now, you can get your bench up to 315, and you take it to 350, 405, get your bench up 500 pounds, and you're not going to significantly increase the number of push-ups that you do because fatigue sets in 40, 50 reps, right? But if you're only benching 200 the most effective way to get your push-up numbers up, if for some bizarre reason you have to have a push-up number big, is to get your bench up from 225 to 300 pounds. Your push-ups will go up because each rep becomes more sub-maximal. Each light rep on the push-up becomes more sub-maximal if your maximum strength goes up. And that's just all there is to that. Okay, continuing on. Chad asks, uh, thanks for the recommendation of using knee wraps to keep my tendon from rolling over my fibula. I think we talked about that several weeks ago. He had a pop across his head of his fibula, lateral side of his knee. I told him to wrap it, stabilized it. It actually works. Isn't that interesting, Patrick? During an annual physical with my doctor, he noticed that I had gained about 30 pounds since my last visit. I explained that I decided to get stronger and that uh, if he remembered, I had several chronic aches and pains. Before I explained the logic, he said, all that shit went away, didn't it? I also 
asked about the relationship between an increase in sodium consumption from a caloric surplus and blood pressure. And his response was, that's all bullshit. It has pretty much been debunked. However, that doesn't mean you can go out and eat a bunch of salt. Have I stumbled on a doctor who actually understands physiology? Well, you may have. You may have. This guy doesn't sound like the complete morons that we typically run into. <clears throat> so I'd hang on to him. He can think, and he's got some experience with this, and he will be valuable before it's over with. Hang on to this guy, yes. Hey, Rip, coaching a man in the starting strength method. He's naturally very strong and athletically gifted and learns movements very quickly. However, we are having some serious trouble with the power clean. Try as I might, I can't get the fellow's elbows into flexion properly, nor the bar to rack on the deltoid and upper chest. Bar tends to rest high against the clavicles with low elbows and the hands holding the bar as if at the bottom of the press when the grip's not been supinated. He does not really catch it. There's also a psychological impediment. He's clearly used to being good at physical activities quickly. His attitude towards the exercise is contemptuous as if it is the power clean that's failed, not him. Uh, he once referred to the movement as fucking gay. He is therefore difficult to coach in this respect. However, he's a motivated and personable trainee. What do you do about this? Is there some trick you could suggest for the issues with racking the bar? Yes. As we referred to early in the podcast, widen his grip. Widen his grip. That will shorten the effective length of the forearm, and that is the problem he's having. I don't. I don't understand. I mean, you people are supposed to have been exposed to this material. But maybe I just assume that's happened because I presented it so damn many times. But, uh, you know, what, is, what does a sumo stance do on a deadlift? It effectively shortens your legs, right? Now, that does all kinds of things. Besides shortening your legs, think about what it does to back angle. It affects the geometry of the whole system, right? Pulling the clean with a wider grip effectively shortens the forearms. And that's why you usually can fix some of these problems with racking the bar with a wider grip. Now, occasionally... There is a goofy little person like Andy Baker who comes along with a forearm that's quite literally twice as long as his upper arm. Well, Baker doesn't need to do power cleans. There's not any way he can, he can effectively use that without breaking all of his teeth. So that not every, yeah, sometimes this grip width thing doesn't actually fix it, but for most cases it does and uh i think the kid's got he, he's probably kind of a pain in the ass as most uh very very talented natural athletes are because they have relied on their life on being able to watch a movement pattern and copy it they they don't need to be coached as such, usually. Their movement pattern expertise comes from a from an innate ability to to visually copy what they see being done. 
as a result, a lot of them aren't coachable because they haven't had to be coachable. And they don't think they need your input because they usually pick this stuff up on their own. Uh, this makes natural athletes a pain in the ass to coach. I understand why, uh, you know, coaches at the uh, D1 or professional level don't coach effectively. They, most of them don't know how. More importantly, the athletes aren't particularly receptive to it. And this kid's probably not being particularly receptive to what you tell him to do. But unless you told him to widen his grip, then it's your fault for not producing the most obvious correction to this racking the bar on his shoulders problem. So I think we've got problems here with both of you guys. All right. Okay. Look, I got all these left. Let's just let this be the last one. I talked enough to these people today, right? They don't want to hear me talk anymore. Ninety percent of them have already tuned out, right? They're watching the next Rogan episode. They're watching Rogan, two hours and forty-five minutes of Rogan talking about MMA. How do people do that? Huh? It's a good show. You got to listen to it. Probably should. You listen to him every week? No, fuck no. I listen to the ones. I'll listen to the ones that are in, that I'm interested in, like when he has a uh, George Knapp or some shit on there. Uh, or uh, you realize Peterson or- Spotify just made a hundred million dollar deal with yeah. him. Could you explain to me how a podcast generates enough money to be worth a hundred million dollars? I guess I just don't understand the economics of what it is we're doing here. But I, what the hell happened? Do you know? I mean, over. I I mean, that's several. That's that's hundreds of billions of downloads. I understand that, but where's the money come from? Uh, Ads comes from ads. They stick ads in Rogan. Rogan reads ads for the first ten minutes of the show. Is him reading ads? Right. And uh, and then whatever ads on YouTube, um, and that makes a bunch of money, right? Yeah. Well, where are my ads? You gotta. Get, <laughs> you want to get a? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> I don't. Can you imagine reading a fucking Squarespace ad or some shit? I I can't imagine. Uh, no, but I can imagine the money. <laughs> Maybe we ought to go round up a Squarespace ad. I can read anything. I'm I'm a professional reader. Here, watch. (laughs) Hi, my name is Maxwell Dawson, and I'm a 16-year-old from North Carolina. Six foot three, 245 to 250 pounds. I was wondering what could be contributing to some low back pain on my right side in the squat and some corrective exercises or stretches to help out. Love everything you do. Shout out to the cameraman. See, I can read. That's just that's, not that's just cold. Work, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. A, it's not a commercial. You have to talk. Well, like, what the gonna, fuck is it if it's not? The, you're gonna talk about the starting strength mug because you use it and love it. You're gonna pretend like you care about it. This is the starting strength <laughs> mug. This mug holds coffee better than any other mug. On the market today.
See how well it works? Get your starting strength mug today. Only $19.95 at the Starting Strength store at startingstrength.com. That's good for five mugs. You just sold five mugs. You think? Okay, I got coffee all over the over the paper, and Bree has to handle this. All right, well, this is the last one. All right, so Maxwell uh, says he's got some low back pain on his right side in the squat, and some he wants to know about corrective exercises or stretches to help out. Corrective exercises and stretches don't help low back pain. Maxwell uh, could be that. Your squat's wrong. Could be that your uh, you got a leg length discrepancy. Uh, could be that uh, you're sitting in the chair sideways. All kinds of things. It could be that this little email here doesn't tell me. No matter how well I read that email, there's not enough information in it for me to address a problem with your low back. If I had to guess, I would assume you're doing something wrong. And without a video, I can't tell. And it may be that you've got a leg length discrepancy. I'd get that checked. But anyway, that was the last one. Anything else y'all want to talk about? We'll save these for later. You don't want to talk about anything else? Got anything, Bree? You sure you don't want to talk about anything else? Can you kiss through these? Sure. I guess you can, right? So okay. if it's between saying I'm not going to wear a mask, wearing the fuck you mask, or lying and saying you have a health condition. A respiratory condition that prevents you from... What, what, are, what is your... Uh, What's the default behavior? What's your default behavior? Uh, it depends on how bad I need to be where I'm going. Yep. That requires the mask. I mean, if I've, let's say I've got a shit really, really bad, and I'm in the Walmart parking lot, and the closest bathroom is in Walmart, uh, I'm going to use the method that gets me in the door the fastest. So I'll probably Health do. Condition. I'll probably do the no. I'll probably do the mask. That mask? Yeah, I don't have to say anything. I don't say a damn thing. Have the you cloth that mask. Yet? Well, yeah. And you haven't had any. Nobody said anything. No. But nobody said anything when I don't wear the yeah, mask. Yeah, me either. No one says anything. Nobody says anything anyway. So, I don't know. I probably just. I think I'd enjoy lying to them. I think I'll just try that. You know. Bree had to use that at Sam's. Did you? Did it work? I got stopped at the door and we had a line because then I had asthma. Good. What did they say? Oh, okay. <laughs> Hands off. Asthma's worse than COVID. Oh yes. Get I don't. I don't want to catch asthma. Leper be gone. <laughs> there was a guy at the door handing out masks to people that walked in that didn't have any. Really? At first I said no, thank you. And he's like, you have to wear one. I was like, I have asthma. He's like, oh. Gave him the voodoo I could easily, I could easily fake asthma, couldn't I? As wheezy and noisy as I already am. Here, listen to me. You want me to wear a mask? You'll kill me. You want me to die in your store? 
What if I have COVID and I die? Spores will be released all over the store. You'll have to close down. <laughs> and it'll be your fault. And it'll be your fault, Walmart. doorman. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Let's get out of here. Later. Bye.